0: So I'm very excited. The 26th edition of the Old Mountain Feud, I love that name for this rivalry. Too bad there's no trophy involved in it. But either way, it's going to be a fun one.
1: Yeah, the last four games of the season are huge for us. It kicks off tonight against Marshall. Not a single game left is going to be easy. Should be a good matchup tonight. I'm fired up to be here in the stew and the warm getting to listen to
0: y'all. Oh, Noah, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Noah's not here. Noah's not here yet. He advocated. <laughs> he
2: advocated for the two thirty start and has yet to show up. He will be here. We, we hope. Promise. Him, right? we promise. But, but here, for, be here. for right now, it's just the three of us, and I, I'm pretty sure that that the three of us have the capability to talk for at least an hour and a half amongst ourselves. I think we could even go longer if we really chose to or wanted to, <laughs> yeah. but. We're going to have a fun show for you here today. Our first two segments will be revolving around App State football and the preview for this Marshall game. That should run us to about 3.30. We're going to go in-depth with both the App State and Marshall teams, and then we're going to turn it over to the grand scheme of college football. Oh, look who's here. As Noah Cornelius I've had a morning, has an
3: has entered, Noah, I'm potting you up. You are live on air. Sorry about that, guys. How's it, how's it going, everybody? Um, my PlayStation Five broke, so I spent two hours trying oh to fix that. Goodness, then I'm like, oh wait, I'm, I need to start getting ready for the radio show, which was at like one. <laughs> he o'clock. Almost forgot. No, oh, no, <laughs> no. I didn't forget. It was one o'clock, right? So I put my stuff in, a, um, in the dryer, right? Because it was in the laundry machine. Didn't dry. I'm wearing soaking wet khakis. Oh my gosh! Wet... The drip. I am dedicated. <laughs> Bro gonna be I, sick. I he's, literally, he's literally
2: dripping. Drip, actually, you're literally dripping.
3: <laughs> the baptism, outfit. I'm literally dripping. Yeah, no, but I'm. I, I was not missing this for the world. I know what the responsibility is here today. So that's why I came and showed up. Anyways, boys, let's get into it. So.
2: No, I'm glad. Glad you were here. As. Like I was mentioning before, Noah came onto the show first hour. We're going to talk about Marshall versus App State. Go in depth on what you need to expect and all that you need to know for both those teams heading into tonight's matchup. And at three thirty we'll be kicking off our college football segment We'll talk about some of the college football playoff rankings so it was the first time those came out this past Tuesday and we'll have a little pick segment at the end for you we'll run it to about four o'clock so hope you're ready make sure you stick around because it is all fun here at 90.5 WASU on the pregame show so guys before we begin With this in-depth preview of Marshall, let's take a quick look back at last weekend's matchup against Southern Miss. I want to jump right into this. So what's one thing that you hope App State will continue to do
0: well tonight and one area that they have to be better? I think we're going to continue to be very balanced on the offensive side of the ball. I loved how we were able to run the ball effectively, but also keep him honest throwing the ball down the field. I think Joey Aguilar, if he gets his arm warmed up, he can start stretching him vertically. But also, I've really loved, even though if Nate Noel doesn't play tonight, we really don't know yet. He's practicing, but he also practiced last week. So if Kanye Roberts is going to lead the way tonight, I think he's going to do fine. Him and Mikel Haywood are a good one, too. Amani Marshall probably won't get in too much, but we'll get into that a bit later. So I'd love to see us just stay balanced offensively and make sure that we keep him honest on both ends. But what we need to do better, and it's what we've been talking about all season, is really the defense. We, we need to tackle. Like There's nothing we can do up front. Like we're just—you have to live with the fact that you are an undersized D line, and that especially with an O line like Marshall who has a lot of big dudes up there, it's going to push you around up front. But what you can do at the second level is tackle better. Andrew Parker, Thomas Davis, I'm looking at you guys. You have to get your tackles in the second level if you want to stop their runs. Even if it's a five yard run on first down, as long as we stop them there, bend, but don't let them gash us for twenty yards. And what feels like every one of every run, excuse me, will be fine.
1: Yeah, right, and I think me and you are going to have a lot of very similar takes on most of this show so far, and it's going to start here. For things we've got to continue doing well, we've got to stay balanced on offense. Over the last two games, Joey Aguilar has had over 250 yards through the air, and Kanye Roberts has had over 100 yards on the ground. We've got to keep that going in this game today against Marshall. I think our offense runs best when it is balanced. It keeps the opposing defenses on their toes. That would be huge today against this Marshall defense. I mean, This offense is second in scoring. second in total yards, second in just total offense, and first in passing touchdowns. So as long as that you know, offense keeps rolling, I think we're going to do good. Has to get better. Just like you said, we've got to limit those big plays on defense. I mean, Frank Gore Jr., 24 carries for 247 yards mm. and two touchdowns last week. The longest rush was 74 yards. We can't have that every week. I mean, this has been a problem that started at Gardner-Webb. We saw mm-hmm. it in the very beginning of the season. Yeah. And I know we're not going to be able to completely fix that problem,
3: but we yeah. do need to limit it, and today would be a great day to start that. I guess I'm agree with both of y'all. Look, the defense has to get stronger. they got to be able to close out. They can't leave so many of people open. And, look, I know that's such a rudimentary way of saying it, but it's like, Hunter, it's like you said, we saw with Gardner-Webb, and it was like, oh, you know, it's Gardner-Webb. And then we went to UNC, and it was like, okay, well, you know, we, we stayed in heavy with UNC. Then ULM, and it was like, what? And then ODU was like, what? And then Southern Miss, was like, what is going on here? We have to be stronger on defense and tighter on defense. We can't let these people slice us like Swiss cheese. And this is one of those
2: games that you look at Marshall and you look at where they've come from so far and you see that this offense has not been producing nearly at the same level that they have to begin this season. We're going to get into those numbers in just a minute, but... Especially going back and looking at that Southern Miss game, it felt like every time this defense was able to get some sort of stop or some sort of pause in momentum, Southern Miss was able to flip the script and find another way to get it done. You mentioned the 242 yards on the ground for Frank Gore Jr., which is, considering the team that we're playing in Southern Miss, this is not discounting him as an athlete, but considering Southern Miss coming into that game had one win, Mm -hmm. and for the most part all their losses were were, by majority, blowout. Yeah, pretty bad. This team that was ranked by CBS to be one of the worst FBS teams in the nation, and then all of a sudden, this running back who really wasn't on anybody's watch list drops 242 and is getting posted on national pages because he has one of the best outings of the week. You Mm -hmm. can't let that happen. You can't let these big runs and these big plays continue to happen. If we were to have played that game, and Southern Miss scored 38 But it was slow, methodical, well-thought-out drives, lots of third downs, Mm -hmm. lots of grindy football. I would feel a lot better about where we are right now with the way this defense has been playing. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. It was big chunk plays. It was the ability to, on third downs, just convert in big spots. And, And it just felt like this defense almost had, they were finding the answer. And then they just couldn't ever put their finger directly on it. Mm-hmm. You had the 50-50. You had the true-false. But like a
3: multiple-choice yeah, question. Yeah, it felt like yeah. a multiple-choice
2: question. And <laughs> a, a, B, C, D. <laughs> no, no, yeah. But it's, it's something that really I hope that we see a little bit more out of. This Marshall team is going to play a little bit more methodical mm-hmm. than what you would see out of Southern Miss. I don't believe that they're going to try and come out of the gate guns blazing. Mm-hmm. This team... Through the past two weeks, they scored nine against JMU. They scored six against Coastal Carolina. Yeah, they have not been able to get anything going. They're going to be running a two quarterback system today. We've heard rumors about them tr- or uh, switching out between quarterbacks just to try and find that spark because something. Yeah, yeah they got to find something. something. I mean, you, you haven't scored over double digits in. Two games, and what better way to do it against an App State defense that is one of the last in all of the FBS? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Marshall is currently like last in the Sun Belt in rushing offense, mm-hmm. but, which is um, shocking. Which is really it shocking is. because the they're not four and they have a great running back, and they've had a really good start to their season. They've kind of, you know, came back down to earth in the last couple of games, but dead last. In rushing offense, but they're going against last one of the defense. dead last rushing defenses. and the, the FBS. Yeah, and it's one of the worst in the country. So it's going to be interesting how those two things collide in this game. So
2: I think we all agree that the offense looked—we we liked
1: what we saw out of the offense, but mm-hmm.
2: the defense, it's still those same things that we've talked about really all year long. Another thing I want to see today out of this defense, and going back to that Southern Miss game, was— when we were rotating guys a lot more frequently, there's some moments in, in the third quarter where we started to get some of the younger guys, the very talented yet raw players into the game. Santana Hopper is a big one that comes to mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. And it would it would change the tone of the defense just yeah. a little bit. Obviously, these guys still have to develop. That's mm-hmm. why they are not starters at the moment. But it's just that kind of that burst, that spark that they provided.
0: You know, and if you're looking for Santana Hopper today... Um we saw me and Hunter were at practice the other day, and we might be seeing a lot more Santana Hopper because Marcus yeah, Clark, a uh, Marcus Clark was in a sling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't love that. I'm not, yeah, I'm about to say, hold on, hold on, on the love of it now. <laughs> but yeah. we we will see a lot more Santana Hopper. Another thing that Hunter pointed out to me that I thought was interesting: Michael Fletcher rotating a bit into nose. He's mm. a bit more so He's not like. Real, real big space eater, but he's definitely a lot bigger than a guy like Santana. Santana's just a really undersized nose. He's a great pass rusher, but he's just not a real big space eater. Yeah, Santana isn't the most. I don't want to
2: say he's not the most well-rounded player, but his skill set lies on one side much heavier than another.
1: Yeah, and that was a problem in the Southern Miss game a couple of times because that interior line was just not able to fight off of their blocks to try to work back and get Frank Gore. There was, I think, maybe it might have been even the seventy-five yard touchdown mm-hmm. that they went. They like angled one way. And they just could not fight across their block to get to the open hole in the offensive line. And he hit that hole as hard as he could, and then the secondary couldn't stop him. And that's why he scored so big. So I would like to see some of the bigger guys in the interior, actually.
2: So I'm going to be interested to see what lineup we roll out there, how we're seeing substitutions play a factor, and... Really, just seeing how that front line plays. Tackling an open space was a huge issue, but that's been a huge issue for two years. You can go back to last year. Yeah. <laughs> you <can> go back. <laughs> you can go back to any sports rap that we recorded last year, and that was like our main focus was <laughs> mm-hmm. you've got to tackle an open space, and yeah. it's it's still, still some of the same learned. stuff. Yeah, it's, hey, it's,
3: sixty-one, sixty-three. I saw. I'm gonna say. I mean, come on, now that's a living proof of it. Versus UNC, yeah. tackling open space, gotta yeah, do I mean, it.
2: Tackling an open space, it's it's been a difficult pro. It's been a difficult thing for this team to do, and mm-hmm. it's been frustrating to. Watch Watch, but I want to see more out of that front line. Personally, yeah. for me, I want to see that front line at least gel a little bit, like stopping big runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ali is coming into this game averaging 5.1 yards per carry. He's almost in a similar situation to. Nate Noel, in a sense, with how his year has gone. He didn't start as hot as Nate Noel, but he was that hot hand. He was Mm -hmm. that number one back. And a couple games ago, went down with an injury. He's been in and out. This is really the first game that they're hoping they have him back close to, if not 100%. So I know that Marshall is really looking towards him to eat it up on the ground, considering how easy it's been for running backs to drop all over this App State defense. Mm -hmm. But continuing... Into that topic on Marshall. They come into tonight's game at 4 and 4 and 1 and 3 in Sunbelt play, beginning the year 4 and 0 before dropping four straight games to NC State, Georgia State, JMU, and Coastal Carolina. This team started off hot and they look to be a possible juggernaut in the Sunbelt East, getting a marquee victory over Virginia Tech in week 3 after a back and forth shootout against NC State as they looked to go 5 and 0. The Thundering Herd took their first loss 48-41 at Carter Finley in Raleigh. They looked to right the ship heading to Atlanta, Georgia to face Georgia State, but they were beat heavily on the ground, giving up 240 rushing yards and three touchdowns in a 41 to 24 loss. The trend continued as their offense was held to nine points in a dogfight against a should be ranked JMU and gave up 34 points to Coastal before this following or this past weekend losing tw- by 28. So Marshall They started the year really well. And I think a lot of us here, we can even go back and clip some stuff from past sports raps where it felt like we were talking about Marshall as maybe being Marshall and JMU. Those were going to be the two that were hopefully, or not hopefully, but that we were looking towards to be that top dog in the Sunbelt East. They've fallen off. They've lost four in a row. They're sitting at four and four. Both these teams, App State and Marshall, four games left. Got to win two to become bowl eligible. That's why this is such a big game tonight because, Marshall, they're going to be playing with a little bit of fire because they want to make they, they want to right the ship tonight. They want to show that they can come back and they can play well in Sunbelt games. Ryan told me earlier, it's been since 1996, that they have won up here in Boone, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, Marshall, they're going to be playing with a little bit of fire in the past three Sunbelt games. The Marshall offense has scored 39 points and hasn't eclipsed double-digit scoring in their last two contests. Let's break down this offense a little bit more to see why they've been struggling, but why they can still be potent.
0: Ryan, I'll start with you. Well, I'm going to take a look at the passing game for March. So, the Herd expect to start the man we've seen most of the season this year. That man is Cam Fancher. But as you said, David, they might be running the 2QB system today. Fancher comes into this one just under 2,000 yards, 1,804, seven touchdowns, but also look at that, eight interceptions. That's very interesting. And then. The guy they also we might see, and we expect to see a little bit, is Cole Pennington, son of Marshall, great Chad Pennington. However, Mm -hmm. he did not look great versus Coastal Carolina last week, throwing two interceptions and not really getting anything to go. As for the wideouts, three guys lead the way. Caleb Coombs, Demarcus Harris, and Daryl Simmons each have just over 200 yards. But as we saw through those stats, they're not really producing... On the passing end, the guy leading the way in the touchdowns is Coombs. He has two touchdowns. He has 260 yards. The rest of the guys are right there with him. They love to spread the ball around a lot. But if you're looking at it just on paper, the passing game is not what we're worried about. So, Hunter, tell us about the running game. Tell you
1: why. looking at this running game, especially the offensive line, that's what I'm really going to look at right here is this offensive line because I think they really make this running game go for Marshall. Here's some of the heights for these offensive linemen. Huge. two. Six three, six seven, mm. six seven, mm. and six nine. Ooh. Did you just read their basketball hey, hey, roster? Hey, hey. Uh no, this is their offensive line and guess what? They're also all over three hundred pounds.
2: Massive. Oh, they boy. are they got some boys.
1: Huge. Their right guard, Dalton Tucker, he is six seven. 319 pounds. Our good friend Bobby Phillips called him the Marshall Menace. Menace. He's the Marshall Menace. You could call any of these guys the Marshall Menace. And with Rashid Ali as the run game, and uh, someone said five yards a carry, I believe it is. 5.1 so far, yeah. That's because he's running behind these mountains of men, literally, at the offensive line. To be honest with you, I do not like the matchup today between the App State defensive line and this run game. I I really don't. I, I mean, He talked about some of our guys being a little undersized. Well, they're going to be really Really undersized undersized. against this Marshall offensive line.
2: Well, that's where you look at the statistics in the Sun Belt with how Marshall is ranked 14th. They are dead last in rushing. And it almost doesn't make sense in your head when you go and look at the numbers from Rashid Ali. But then you look at the second, the third, the fourth backs, the guys they've been rotating in and out, and none of them have really had much success Mm -hmm. except for Ali. But with him being back tonight, it is a huge exclamation point for that offense. And I'm going to be completely honest. Lucas said it sitting in this seat Mm -hmm. on Thursday. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see him have a 200-yard game. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him do what Frank Gore Jr. did and Mm -hmm. dismantle this defense just a little bit. This team, App State-wise, is built to withstand any game that you can throw at him. Mm-hmm. They can go in a dogfight. They can go in a shootout. They can yeah. go in a gritty low scoring affair. It's how you close those games out. Mm-hmm. That's where it's been struggle that's where we have struggled. It's where it's been difficult and that's where I fear Rashid Ali could put this yeah. game away if he is motoring on the ground but We'll keep it back to the Marshall offense here. Noah, what have you got for us?
3: As I sneeze, good I thing I turned away. Okay, so an X factor for the offense today. You know how we talk about how the defense is switched, cheese, and we give sometimes we give up some of those big plays. Look, here's an X factor for me. I'm looking at Coombs. You know, they're they're, they're a wide receiver. I mean, look, he's averaging nine point three yards per catch, two sixty yards in the season, twenty eight receptions. Longest catch though is only twenty four yards, and he only has two touchdowns on the day. But against an App State team like this. He could have a day where that number goes from two sixty right. to three sixty. That's all I'm mm-hmm. gonna say. I mean, like the secondary, if they don't close out on Coops, he could have a day. And you talk
2: about that receiving core, just in general, mm-hmm. they throw it's almost it's kind of similar to App State where they throw it to almost anybody out there. Mm-hmm. I think they've got nine nine pass catchers that have recorded a significant amount of stats. Ryan, I know you've got a
0: little bit more for us. Yeah, they have. A, they really spread the ball around a lot. They have a guy, Caleb Coombs, as you know Noah just mentioned. That's Demarcus right. Harris, he's also doing pretty solid on the year. Daryl Simmons, that's their top three, the guys we expect to see the most. They also have guys, Jaden Harrison, he's going to get a lot of catches today. Mason Pierce is another guy. Their kick returner, punt returner, Talik Keaton, he also might get a couple passes. And then there's a guy who just started playing a few games ago, only four receptions on the year, but they had him listed as one of the primary backups, Brian Robinson. So we really don't know where they're going to go with the pass game today can I also add um Rashino Lee also has 17 receptions, so
3: you got to look mm-hmm. out for that as well as they make him on the ground the backfield. Oh, yeah I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, you have to look out he, for he is the office,
0: offense it feels like you know?
3: kinda, yeah you know feel, he, he is the offense and yet you David you' talk about it, it's like you're kind of surprised that this team doesn't have more rushing yards, but in terms of passing yards, I feel like they're going to get that turned around today. Hopefully they will, and
2: we are going to take a little bit more of an in-depth look at this App State defense. But before we do that, we are going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere, because when we come back, we have an exclusive inside interview with Santana Hopper, presented by Hunter Boston. Don't go anywhere. This is the 90.5 WASU pregame show.
4: Hey students, Dino's Den Moving here, your one source for packing and moving out or in at ASU. Our phone number is 336-990-9480 or you can email us. Just look for Dino's Den Moving online. Help out mom and dad. Your deposit today reserves your spot in December. We also have all the U-Haul trucks, trailers, and supplies you need for moving. $50 $50 off your move if you mention this ad and reserve your spot by November 15th. Dino's Den Moving, 336 990 9480.
5: Anna Bananas is a longtime supporter of WASUFM, App State's college radio station. Anna Bananas Fine Consignment Store buys, sells, trades, and serves Boone from 641 West King Street. You can follow Anna Bananas on Instagram and Facebook. AppState's New River Light and Power Green Power program brings clean, climate-friendly energy to the high country. Renewable sources of energy replace carbon-based electric use, lowering our carbon footprint, and helping to protect the environment. The power is yours. Learn more about the Green Power program today at nrlp.appstate.edu.
6: Support for WASU programming is provided by the Eggers Law Firm on West King Street. The Eggers Law Firm provides legal services to those in need of assistance in northwestern North Carolina. Thank you for listening to your MTV College Radio Station of the Year, 90.5 WASU and WASUradio.com.
7: Raysweather.com is based in Boone and forecasts the weather in the high country and from the North Carolina-Virginia state line to Waynesville, North Carolina. The mountains, the foothills, and the microclimates in between with specific websites for each area including booneweather.com with radar and webcams of the area. Winter, spring, summer, fall, raysweather.com.
4: The Multicultural Center at Appalachian State encourages respect and appreciation of every diverse group and promotes the uniqueness of every culture. The center cultivates an inclusive environment where the basis of multicultural interaction is formed through respect, communication, and cooperation. To find out more, visit Room 112 in the Plymouth Student Union or email Center at appstate.edu.
2: Welcome back to the 90.5 WASU pregame show. And now, an inside look with Santana Hopper interview Hunter Boston did at practice so far this week. Let's go ahead and get a list, listen in and meet Santana Hopper.
1: This is Hunter Boston with 90.5 WASU-FM, the app, standing here with number 29, Santana Hopper. Santana, what is your year and major?
8: Um, I'm a sophomore, and I'm a, uh, I am major in business.
1: What are some of the things you learn from playing at such a great high school program like Shelby?
8: Man, what I learned from playing at Shelby is...
1: Winners going to win, man. The winners going to win. As a younger guy in the defensive line, what are some things that you've learned from more of the elder statesmen in the room? Oh, just like the game, like the
8: inside and outside of the game. Just like little things, breaking like breaking stuff down, like film and reading, old linemen and Things like that. They help you just expand your knowledge when you first get here.
1: With the D-line running rotationally, how do you stay locked in to the game while on the sidelines? Mental reps. I watch my friends go. 91
8: Marcus, in my class, I watch him go. Um, I see how he's doing. He get back on the sideline. We talk about how the O-linemen are. And uh, we go from there. We see what they weakness, what we can exploit together.
1: Talking about offensive linemen, what is your least favorite types of offensive linemen to go against?
8: I hate the, I hate the low hand setters, really for real. Cause like, you'd be so ready to like chop down or something like that, and just come through and do some crazy stuff. I don't think you going to say it, but uh, slow hand setters, like,
1: Going into the last four games of the season, all against tough opponents, what mindset are you taking into the final stretch?
8: Finish, like just finish. One thing we proud here is trying to finish. We, we ain't been doing it lately, and I just want to finish the season out like the way it's supposed to be and uh, put that right. ring on. Feel
1: me? Right. So, some rapid-fire questions to close us out. Who is the class clown of the defensive line room? I heard through the grapevine that it's you. Nah, you didn't hear that? You heard it.
8: Kevon Hagelman. Funny dude, I probably don't my way.
1: Who do you not like going against on the App State offensive line? Oh, Buck, for sure. <laughs> Big Buck, man. <laughs> If you would be any other position on a football field, what would you be? I'm. I'm be the They call me Tana Tebow. Okay. Okay. Hey, I like that. I like that. Tebow, man. <laughs> favorite place to eat in Boone? Definitely the Cardinal, man. Oh yeah. Brian Burger, man. Definitely. Definitely. Favorite defensive lineman in the NFL. Defensive lineman. i am max cross. What is your celebrity crush? That's a horror one. I to say Ariana Grande. Okay. Okay, and this one's a more goofy one that we like to ask. When you go to sleep, are you a honk-shoe or a honk-me-me-me me, me individual? What <laughs> does that even mean? When you go to bed at night, are you a light sleeper or are you more of an ugly sleeper? Like, when you go to bed, do you go honk-shoe or do you go honk-me-me-me? Me? <laughs> oh, me, me, honk-me-me-me. 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 I love it. Well, <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming out and getting an interview with me. This is Hunter Boston with WASU signing out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what an interview. I, I love I love the. First of all, good to know that we have another backup quarterback on hand. Oh.
1: Yeah, Tenatibo. <laughs> and by the way, there was a break after he said Tenatibo because he clapped his hands, took a three-step drop, and sh- threw me a ball in the middle of the interview. That's why. That's why it stopped a little bit there. So Tenetibu. that's yeah. fantastic. Tenatibo. It's, it's legit. And yes, it. he is a honk me me me. Boy, real quickly, pin up, pin up. honk shoe or honk me me me. Honk shoe.
3: Uh, Honk shoe
1: Depends on the night Oh he changes Depends on the night Well I <laughs> I have hesitant. been told <laughs> I have been told by many people I am a honk shoe in appearance But a real honk me 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 that was, know, That's that's what Bobby's been saying about me yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, Fair enough It's a good It's a legit question That's what we ask it here It really is w- Just H- if you're if Anybody
2: listening out there Go ahead and ask yourself that question mm-hmm. So. It's one to ponder on.
1: Yeah, and I'll shout out to Michael Fletcher as well. He's the one that told me that Santana was the class clown of the defensive line room, and I see it one hundred percent. Hey, I he like
2: took this guy. A, he took a three step drop in the, in the interview in the middle of the interview. I can attest, yeah. I was there. It was going to be a touchdown too. <laughs> he not kept that, it. that is absolutely fantastic. So thanks to Santana Hopper. Thank you to Hunter for capturing just absolute gold. Yeah, on the interview. We'll be hearing from Kanye Roberts a little bit later. Ryan Hendricks had the opportunity to interview him this week. But before we start talking about the offense, as promised, we got to talk about this App State defense. But despite the struggles that Marshall has been having on offense, the App State defense is giving up an average of 30 points a game so far this season. Giving up 38 points last week against Southern Mist, who tallied 588 total yards. 301 of those yards came on the ground, highlighting the main issue for this defense that they have faced all season. The run game, as mentioned before, is led by Rasheen Ali, who is averaging 5.1 yards per carry and is a scary sight for this App State front line. Through the air, Camp Fancher can be deadly as he sits just short of 2,000 passing yards on the season. He has seven touchdowns, however, eight interceptions. How would you like to see this defense attack this Marshall team today?
0: You know, and I'm going to start this by saying, I'm not saying this is going to happen, because we've been saying this week in, week out. But what I'd like to see them do is try to force Marshall to throw the ball, and that's way easier said than done, because we've said that almost every week, where we keep getting gashed on the ground. But if that happens, and if we are able to make them throw the ball, Cam Fancher is prone to turnovers. Eight interceptions on the year, more than he has touchdowns. And I go back to my point earlier, if they are running the ball on you, just you can bend and make them grind it out. Just get a few yards of a play, break. but just don't let up the huge plays. Like you, We just can't let that happen, and... I really just don't know what the issue is anymore. It's just, something, it's just something we can't fix at this rate. But, of course, this is just saying what we'd like to see. It's not what's going to happen. I'd love to see them force Marshall into the deep passing situations. I trust our guys there to make a play. Jordan Favors or the ball hawk down there. Ronald Clark, guys like Nick Ross. They're all good at getting interceptions. Tyreek Funderburk had a couple pick sixes earlier in the year. He
2: said two interceptions and turned them both into touchdowns. You see,
0: so that's what I really just I want to see Cam Panter throw the ball or Cole Pennington or whoever is out there taking snaps at quarterback for Marshall. We just can't let them turn around, hand the ball to Rasheen Ali, and watch him gash us for 400. Honest to goodness, just attack him in any way possible. I'm just
1: kidding, we gotta be a little bit more specific than that. But I think I think we just have to focus on getting off the field on defense. We we gotta get Marshall in the third and longs. Then we've got to focus on limiting the big plays through the air and on the ground. Get him in third down, stop him on third down, get the punts, get that this high powered App State offense back on the field. I think if App State wants to win today, they've got to limit Marshall on the ground. Get them into obvious pass situations like you just said and let those defensive linemen like Santana Hopper pin their ears back and get to the quarterback. He can do it. We saw Santana in that old Dominion game mm-hmm. pin his ears back and he wrecked those last couple drives at Old ODU. I mean, until the last drive of the game for them. But there was a lot going on in that fourth quarter of ODU. But I think it all starts up front today with that defensive line, and especially with that huge offensive line of Marshall. We've got to get wins up front and then build on from there in the second and third levels. Mm-hmm.
3: Boys, they got to do the bare minimum and work up from there. I know how that sounds, right? I thought I hit a chord. Um, I know how that sounds, but it feels like this defense has just not been cutting it in these past few games, You know where it's like, uh, what are you guys doing? Do the bare minimum and work your way up from there. Like if it, if if you got to do like the simple closeouts on defense, do them. Don't act like oh yeah we got this. Like it all starts from the ground up, right? If I'm Sean Clark, you say go back to the fundamentals, know them in your head, and then work your way up. I mean, like to do that in what like three hours is tough. That's what the whole week was for. But they got to start doing the bare minimum and working the way up. I don't really know how else to put it. They got to start
2: somewhere and then build on that. I almost wouldn't even mind us sacrificing a player, whether it be from the linebacker position or even in the secondary, to come mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. and to add support on that front line. Obviously, that leaves you very exposed, especially yep. if that player you bring down is a free safety and you almost run a very tight man. We saw very similar situation to where we did that against Coastal Carolina, where we brought an extra man up. We brought the entire secondary in. We played tight man coverage, and two busted coverages led to two huge plays for Grayson McCall. It's one thing if it's a busted coverage. It's another thing if you're keeping up with them and you're making them they're, you're making them make good plays. You're forcing good plays. That's what I want to see from this App State team. I wouldn't mind if we were to come out on that opening drive and— play a very standard style of defense where we're not trying to stop the run, we're not trying to stop the pass. Just to get a gauge and a feel of the game. Yep. It feels like the last couple of weeks we've come out where it's been all right, we're gonna hammer to stop the run. We're gonna hammer to stop the pass. Yeah. And we've gotten bit on the other mm-hmm. end every, mm-hmm. every time single time. I just yeah. I just just a comfortable zone coverage. Or a loose man. Anything along the lines where if, if they're going to get a, a six-yard slant completion, all right, whatever. That's if they're going to get a four-yard yep. run, whatever. Go ahead. But- Keep it minimized. Keep everything in front of you because the second you get into that open field and the second they get into open space because you've dropped everybody too far forward, all of a sudden Ali's in the backfield and it's a one-on-one. I mean, Ali's going to win that every single
0: time. You know, and what really concerned me versus Coastal when we were running that tight, man, it's not that it's not even really the set that kind of scared me about it. It's the fact that we had guys staring into the backfield just trying to make— and I think it was really Tyreek Funderburg, you know, with those two-pick sixes. Mm-hmm. Really, at the time— he had his eyes in the backfield. He was not looking at the guy and just snuffed right behind him. Sometimes I think the defense and to Noah's point, sometimes you just got to focus on your guy. Yeah, just focus on your. Don't don't try to be a hero on defense. Just stick to what you're supposed to do, and just make a tackle. Not every has to be a big turnover, but just make your own tackles. And continuing on to that point, it
2: feels like sometimes this team, instead of playing playing your position to the, and what, what I mean by that is. Going for mesh points rather than going for the ball in specific scenarios. On that front line, hitting mesh points instead of trying to go straight at the running back, trying to go straight towards the ball carrier, that's bit us so badly, mm-hmm. especially in this run game. I talked about Coastal being really bad at it. They were really undisciplined to start the year, especially when it came to closing down on those mesh points. But in a hypocritical way, App State's been doing the exact same thing. We, mm. we haven't been able to, to hit those marquee spots where we need to on that front 5 which is why it's led to so much line like tackles from our linebackers tackles in the secondary corners coming down and making tackles on run plays i mean mm-hmm. it's it's just it all comes back to that front 5 and how we're able to approach this
1: yeah i think back to my interview with jordan favors after the ecu game and he put a lot of the defensive success in that they just bought into the game plan and they just executed that game plan well in that second half against mm-hmm. ecu i think we just got to focus on that We've practiced all week. We have a game plan in in place. Just focus on what your job is on the offense. If it's a defensive lineman and your job is just to plug a hole in a play so a linebacker can get a a shot at the running back, then we've got to do that. And we just got to make that play. We just got to execute better on defense.
2: So we've hammered the point home on this App State defense. It's been the crux of topics week in and week out. But let's go ahead and look to the other side of the field and look at this Marshall defense who's giving up an average of 28 points per game just two less than App State. They're fourth in the Sunbelt in sacks, fourth in the Sunbelt in interceptions. What's something or someone that worries you about this defense and how App and how can App State work around it? I want each of you to go ahead and pick one player to look at on that defense. Let's break them down a little bit more and why they're so impactful.
0: Well, the guy I'm looking at is the guy who really kind of leads the secondary, in my opinion, for Marshall, and that's Micah Abraham. Micah Abraham came into this year. He's a redshirt senior for this team, one of the elder statesmen. He always loved to have some real experience in your secondary. Before the year, he was a preseason first-team All-Sunbelt, fourth-team preseason All-American. So he's really up there amongst the elite at cornerbacks. And if you look at the stats, it's not really shocking to you. But in my opinion, if you're a cornerback, the stats shouldn't pop out at you that much because that means they're not really throwing to your side. He doesn't have many tackles, only 19 right there. He does have three interceptions, so he can be a ball hawk if you give him the opportunity to. But he's really going to be shut down. I'm really concerned for any of our guys who are going to be on that side. I think he may start mirroring Christian Horn a little bit in this game because Christian Horn's been having good game after good game after good game. So I'm really looking at Mike Abraham to lead this Marshall herd secondary. My guy that I found is Elijah
1: Austin. 34 total tackles on the year, 18 of those being solos. Has three and a half sacks for the herd, nine tackles for loss, and actually has one interception on the year as well. He's got the 6'2", 256-pound frame, kind of like a Santana Hopper, DeAndre Dingle Prince kind of frame, but he gets the job done. And I look at this App State offensive line, and we've been really good in regards to protecting the quarterback. We're actually fifth in the Sun Belt in sacks against with six. Mm -hmm. But we didn't look good last week against Southern Miss. We had three sacks against us by the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. I don't know. I, I think there might be some openings for Austin, especially with the tackle positions being a little banged up for App State. So I think there might be some openings for him and the Marshall defense. To get to Joey, I think we're going to have to use some tight ends, some running backs to maybe chip some of these Marshall pass rushers, especially Austin, to kind of you know keep them back a little bit.
3: Yeah. Um, the player I'm looking at on defense – um, Eli Neal, look, senior, six 6'0", 226, from Memphis, Tennessee. I don't, I don't want to look at the stats real quick. I just want to talk about the culture from Memphis. Look, on the field – wait, sorry. What am I trying to say? Let me get my chance. Look, coming from a town like Memphis – that's a football town. People maybe, people might not like to talk about it, but Memphis, they got some dogs out there. So not only are you looking at Eli Neal from a football player standpoint, but his mentality as well. Look, look, y'all, he's got 53 tackles on the season, only 1.5 sacks, but he does have an interception. Look, I'm looking at this senior player to do it. he does best, get those tackles, and do what he needs to do for this Marshall defense. Now, if, so for all those App State people out there listening, I'm sure you're not really that concerned. But then again, we've been in the in the past, we've been like, all right, well, you know, we're not concerned about this player, and then they line it up. Look, I'm looking at Eli Neal. gotta look out for him because those tackles mean a lot.
2: and I want to look back at that secondary Ryan, you brought up a big name and Micah Abraham. Mm-hmm. I listened to a couple of Marshall podcasts heading into this game, one that they put on by their athletics, another put on by students over at Marshall. and the guy that they brought up Micah Abraham's name. And the guy they wanted to see a matchup against was Caden Robinson. Ooh, okay. I think it, I think it could be a really fun matchup to see Ooh, yeah. Caden Robinson duking it out with their number one. And my favorite part about this, uh, my favorite part about talking about this App State wide receiver core, which again we'll get to a little bit more in our offensive segment for App State, but. You can throw it to really anybody on the field, and they're going to be able to make a play. That's mm-hmm. why there's been so many skewed stat lines so far this year. You mm-hmm. see Deshaun Davis go off for over 100 yep. yards. You see Christian Horn go off for over 100 <laughs> yards. You see Caden Robinson go off for over 100 yards. All in different games because they're all playmakers. They can all do what needs to be done. They can get open. They can get separation free space. Deshaun Davis and Caden Robinson are two completely different style of players, but with how this App State offense has incorporated them, We've seen how deadly they can be. That's why I'm very interested to see how this secondary is going to be able to counteract this wide group of App State receivers. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. it'll also be interesting to see how Marshall does in the turnover battle in this game. Right. Because, you know, I love Joey Aguilar With all of my heart. But, you know, he's been known to throw some Mm. kind of questionable interceptions. Or fumbles. And fumbles, especially last week. He had a couple fumbles. Thank goodness we kind of got out of a couple of those. But it'll be interesting to see if this Marshall defense can kind of create some of those turnovers and give their offense the ball back.
2: Yeah, and he had two fumbles against ODU as well. Both were recovered by us. But you're right. One cost us the game because we had a second and two. We fumbled. It went back to that third and seven. And we couldn't convert from there and Mm -hmm. had to punt it away. And that ultimately ended up being. Mm -hmm the drive that ODU came back and scored on it's, it's tough, it's tough to yeah. look at because Joey statistically is putting up fantastic numbers, yeah. he's putting up great numbers 391 391- Passing yards and four touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a stat line that we would be praising Chase Bryce last year for throwing against any team on the schedule. 100%. And Joey Aguilar's coming out here and doing it as a backup entering the year. Obviously, we can't call him a backup anymore mm-hmm. because he's, he's been the, the solidified Ooh, he starter. Is the he is yeah. that guy. But that one interception that he threw, not the greatest of throws. It was pretty much right at the lineman. I mean, yeah. it, it was it was one of those where you where – you, I was looking at it through my camera. I was right down the tunnel of the throw, and as he throws it and releases it, I see the linebacker in the front of my frame, and I'm wondering, do we have a crossing route? Where's this ball heading to? And then it goes right into the linebacker's hands. So Joey has been prone to some of that kind of stuff. It's gotten better, at least with the interceptions. Still worried about ball security and control for Aguilar. Especially when Marshall, if they're able to get pressure in the backfield when he's scrambling, when he's rolling out. That really seems to be where Joey Aguilar struggles the most with ball carrying. So we're going to go a little bit more in-depth with the offense But before we do that, we're going to take a very short break. But don't go anywhere, because when we come back, we'll hear an exclusive interview conducted by Ryan Hendricks with Kanye Roberts, running back for App State football. This is the 90.5 WASU pregame show,
5: and we'll be right back in two or three minutes. Anna Bananas is a longtime supporter of WASUFN, App State's college radio station. Anna Bananas Fine Consignment Store buys, sells, trades, and serves Boone from 641 West King Street. You can follow Anna Bananas on Instagram and
4: Facebook. The Multicultural Center at Appalachian State encourages respect and appreciation of every diverse group and promotes the uniqueness of every culture. The center cultivates an inclusive environment where the basis of multicultural interaction is formed through respect, communication, and cooperation. To find out more, visit Room 112 in the Plymouth Student Union or email Center at appstate.edu.
9: The Henderson Springs LGBT Center strives to create a space where everyone can feel safe. The center serves as a community resource to empower, educate, and affirm LGBTQ people, allies, and advocates. It is completely volunteer-run, and everyone is trained to assess the needs of individuals. To find out more, visit room 106 in the Plemons Student Union or email lgbt at appstate.edu.
7: Raysweather.com is based in Boone and forecasts the weather in the high country and from the North Carolina-Virginia state line to Waynesville, North Carolina. The mountains, the foothills, and the microclimates in between with specific websites for each area including booneweather.com with radar and webcams of the area. Winter, spring, summer, fall, raysweather.com.
6: Support for WASU programming is provided by the Eggers Law Firm on West King Street. The Eggers Law Firm provides legal services to those in need of assistance in northwestern North Carolina. Thank you for listening to your MTV College Radio Station of the Year, 90.5 WASU, and WASURadio.com. This is number 29,
8: Santana Hopper, and you're listening to 90.5 WASU, the app FMT.
2: Santana Hopper bringing us back in on the 90.5 WASU pregame show as we are nearing kickoff, just under three hours away. The App State Mountaineers ready to take on the Marshall Thundering herd. We're getting ready to talk App State offense, but before we do that, we've got an exclusive interview with Kanye Roberts.
0: This is Ryan Hendricks here with 90.5 WSU, the FFM, here with running back Kanye Roberts. Kanye, what year and major are you? I'm a sophomore, and I major in professional studies. All uh, right. So, Kanye, how do you overcome just all the hits you take as a running back in a long season?
10: Uh, i really overcome. I've been doing this since I was a little kid. So, I've been getting hit in the backyard barefoot all the time. So, it's just something I've been used to. All
0: right. As a younger guy in the running back room, what do guys like Nate Noel teach you? Well, he really just a leader
10: by example, so I just follow what he do. Look at the things he do, and then if he hit something wrong, then I know not to do it too.
0: Only two home games left in the year. Should the fans come back and pack the house these last two games? Yeah, they've been they've
10: been, they've been packing it up lately. They've been they've been supporting and all, so
0: yeah. All right. So, out of all the players on the defense, who do you hate getting hit by the most?
10: Uh,
0: as for getting hit by on the
10: defense, I would say probably AP. All
0: right, let's get to the rapid fire questions, Kanye. What's your favorite movie?
10: My favorite movie would be um, Chronicles by played by Michael B. Jordan. Favorite spot to eat in Boone? My favorite spot to be eating Boone would I would say like
0: uh, Los. Oh, sorry. Good answer. Favorite sport outside of football? Uh, basketball. Football? Funniest dude on the offense?
10: Funniest oh, dude on the offense. I would, it had to be dark. Man, it got to be the whole running back room. <laughs> the whole <laughs> running back room. All right, man. Last one, celebrity crush. Uh, well, celebrity crush, I would say... I, have... <laughs> I don't really have a certain one. Uh, I'm going to just say...
0: I don't have a word. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, Kanye, and good luck this Saturday. Hey, cool, right, cool. No celebrity crush for Come Kanye? Come
3: on, man. I do He's oh, got one. On, go on. on. he Come on, it. now. It's hey, probably Taylor Swift. He just embarrassed say it.
0: <laughs> I mean, he is Kanye. Uh, that's true.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's his own celebrity crush? That'd be a little awkward. <laughs> you got a crush on him? <laughs> no. Oh, man. What a what a fun time, Kanye Robertson. Thank you to App State Athletics for letting us have this opportunity to interview mm-hmm. these guys Absolutely. and get it get an exclusive behind the scenes look for all of you listeners out there. As we thank you so much for tuning in to ninety point five WASU pregame show. Kanye Roberts he had himself a, a game last week. Only 13 carries, but that's all he needed for 109 yards Mm -hmm. as he Uh, was averaging 8.1 yards per carry. He's picked up the slack as Nate Noel has been battling injury. And Kanye, being a redshirt freshman, the the ceiling, I mean, it is all the way up there right now. Mm -hmm. It is through
1: the roof such a young guy too. And to step in and take over for Nate Noel which was what number two in the yeah. country in a couple of rushing yeah. statistics yeah. and he's came in and it's been like he hasn't even left
0: yeah and we really expected guys like Imani Marshall and Mikel Haywood to pick up the slack when Nate Noel went down but it's really been Kanye it's really been surprising to me but I'm super excited to see it
3: yeah and I just want to add real quick you know I was on a, the Robert Morris call with Lucas last year and he starts putting up this guy named Kanye Roberts and you know, like I did research before the game but you know like Cam Peoples Nate Noel like Imani Marshall like the, yeah, it is. and I saw the depth shot. I'm like, well, of course they're going to probably start playing these guys. Kanye Roberts, Roberts, Kanye Roberts started lighting it up. So what time for you, Kanye? What time?
2: Yeah, and I mean, the two performances that he was able to come out on the field last year as a redshirt, he really got a lot of people talking mm-hmm. with, with his ability, his jumpiness in the backfield, his ability to just drive into the ground and completely change directions with the snap of a finger. Kanye really does have one of the widest skill sets in the backfield that we've seen in a long time, and considering that he's a redshirt freshman, Mm -hmm. it's going to be be a fun one to watch if he decides to stick around. Let's take a look overall at this App State offense, as if we look back to last week, they were able to move the ball well against Southern Miss, scoring 48 points behind a 391-yard four-touchdown performance by Joey Aguilar through the air, and as mentioned, the 109-yard rushing performance for Kanye Roberts, where he averaged just over 8 yards per carry across 13 touches. Guys, how do they succeed this week against a much tougher Marshall defense?
1: Looking at this App State passing game always fires me up because it's just so good. I mean, we've been lights out the last couple of games through the air. We are You talked about it a little bit last week against Southern Miss. Joey was 23 for 33, 391 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Whew, that's amazing. Christian Horan got the bulk of those looks with eight receptions for 165 yards. The week before that against Old Dominion, Joey 22 for 31 for 252 yards and two touchdowns. Caden Robinson had seven receptions for 19. over 100 yards. Our wide receiver group is arguably, in my opinion, the strongest group we have on the entire team. Just, we are so deep at that position. I just talked about Christian. just talked about Caden, but we've got Stroh and got so many mm-hmm. other guys that can it. produce off of that receiving core. And we have a guy in Joey Aguilar who is not afraid to just chuck the ball. He's a gunslinger out there. He's he's not afraid. We've said he's had some questionable interceptions, but that's just because he stepped in and has just not been afraid of anything. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So I, this team is first in the Sun Belt in passing touchdowns, and I think we have the firepower to beat anyone in the conference because of this passing game, so I think I really want to see if we can get vertical on Marshall today, and I just want to see if we can really punish them through the air.
0: Yeah, Hunter, I love the pass game as much as anybody else, but when you talk about App State football, you can't not talk about the run game, and we all know that the Mountaineer running game starts with the men up front, especially on the interior offensive line. A lot of experience up there. Isaiah Helms, that's Hunter's guy. Oh yeah, Damion Daly, Bucky Williams, they're all very great. The guys we expect to see at tackle today. We've had a bit of a rotating door mm-hmm. out at tackles. But the guys I expect to see and who the team we saw mostly do practice this week to start it's going to be Thornton Gentry transferring from NC State. He started the past few games. Got a little banged up last week versus Southern Miss, but seems he's won the job back from Markel Samuel. And Jack Murphy, the transfer from Marshall, Maybe a bit of a revenge game for him out there. He's going to be starting at right tackle. But, of course, the running game usually is led by the man called Nate Noel. We don't know if he's going to play today. Um, I'm not sure. Nothing really in practice we can tell if he's going to play today or not. But as we just heard from, the guy who's going to step into his place, if he doesn't go today, Kanye Roberts and I have... No fear with him leading our backfield this year. Only 69 carries, but already has 384 yards and three touchdowns. Expect to see Kanye. Expect to see Mikel Haywood rotate, change in the pace a little bit. We might see Amani Marshall. We haven't seen him much this year, but especially if we get down near the goal line, expect a big back, Amani Marshall, to come in. But, Noah, we've heard from all these guys, but who is your X Factor today?
3: Love the softball toss there, Ryan, but we're talking about some football right now. No, I'm playing with you. I love Ryan. Um... Look, an X-Factor for this for the offense today, I don't really have one player. I'm I just I, – the tight ends. Look, you're talking about Miller Gibbs My and Eli Wilson. Yeah, I mean, like, Shout out Miller. big burly dudes, like, they can get the ball, run down the field, take take down a couple of tacklers. Like, I'm looking at Eli Wilson, though, in particular. It seems like in recent games I've seen Eli Wilson get the ball, like, hard – it's really hard to take him down. So when the, when Joey Aguilar's in a pinch, the wide receivers are getting locked up. Try to look towards a tight end, get that ball down the field because you know that Eli Wilson and Miller Gibbs – can corral that ball in and get down the field and get those yards when he needed. Well, in the tight ends in
2: general, I love the way that we use our tight ends here at App State. I might not always agree with Frank Ponce and the play calling from the offensive right. side, but mm-hmm. the way that we incorporate our tight ends—just these on these wheel routes, these hitch routes—the way that they sneak off the offensive line—and I, I know that this is something every team does with their tight ends, but. The way we execute it, it just feels like almost every time we try and go that way and we try and incorporate the Titans into the game, it works. Mm -hmm. It's a revolving door. I mean, Miller Gibbs working his way back from injury. Eli Mm -hmm. Wilson, he had a big touchdown. David Larkins has had a couple touchdowns this year, a name that not really many people had even on the bottom of the depth chart heading into the season, but he's made an impact. That's what's so much fun about this App State offense. You can plug and play probably 12 different guys into the pass-catching scenario, and they will work it perfectly.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing about David Larkins, only seven receptions on the year, but three of them have went for touchdowns. Mm, that's just how awesome it is. And just, we've seen a lot of times, he's usually the guy, we have that fourth down play, we'll just sneak him out, just go a little mm-hmm. check and release, David Larkin. Yep. I love that play.
2: Well, and I, I love it because, you know, when David Larkin's lines up on the right side of the offensive line, any time, anywhere inside the 10-yard line, that's where the ball's going. Yep. Larkin sneaks off the offensive line, finds himself in that right side of the end zone. Joey Aguilar rolls out right. And the what I've loved so much about it is that what Joey will do is he'll give a pump fake, he'll give a tuck, he'll do anything that he can to draw that defender in just a tad to where he can float it up over. David Larkin's is wide open. It is one of my favorite plays that we have run all year. We did it against UNC. We've done it a plentiful amount of times to get into the end zone. Like Ryan mentioned, seven receptions for three touchdowns. All three of those came on the exact same play play design. I love Mm -hmm. the way we use our tight ends. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a revolving door, if we see two or three different guys get into the game. And Noah, I really do love that you highlighted that point because a lot of the love goes to this wide receiver core. Of course. Goes to Christian Horn, Caden Robinson, Deshaun Davis, List goes on and on. Dalton Stroman. But these tight ends, they really hold this offense together with the pass catching. And I would love to see us utilize them a little bit more on some crunchy third down scenarios. The third and fives. The Have them run a quick out route. Have them sit on a post. Do something to where... If it's delayed play and Joey's gone through his reads, we have the opportunity to incorporate a tight end.
3: Yeah, and I mean, like, look, it's always fun to see the tight ends on this team rumble and bumble down the field. They get the ball in their hands, you know, maybe stiff arm a little bit. These dudes can play. They might not be as fast. They can't. They might not be able to get as vertical as like the wide receivers that Hunter mm-hmm. talked about. But dude. These tight ends, they can come in clutch if you know how to use them. So I'm excited to see how they do today as well as the rest of our Mountaineers.
1: Yeah, we got playmakers all over this offense. We mm-hmm. really do. Not a single position on this offense mm-hmm. do we not have a playmaker that I would not
0: trust with the ball on his hands. Yeah, don't discount the running backs getting able to get some pass out the backfield, too. Yeah. If we're, if we're going to air the ball out, you can't just look at the wide receivers or the tight ends. Connie Roberts can go receive, too. They love doing the little screen out to Mikel Haywood a lot, too.
1: Yeah, and I've loved the play calling during Southern Miss as well. I know it might have been the first drive of offense, but we ran this pick play with oh, Christian Horn and Deshaun Davis, I believe it was. Worked out one of the best working plays I've seen out of this offense. Then we got this like little trick play that we like running to the tight ends. I can't remember exactly how it works, but we saw it in practice. We mm-hmm. also saw it against Southern Miss. So I'm liking how this offense has been looking here in the last game or two.
2: And we can talk about the offense all we want with with praise and with all these high regards, but at the end of the day, we're talking in a bit of a vacuum because it's about execution. It's about getting out there, being able to take everything that we've talked about and and see it unfold, and that's where it's been frustrating this year is that everybody, every one of us in this room, we are all hopefully optimistic that every game we go out, we're going to be able to score 40-plus. We're going to be able mm-hmm. to see a great performance mm-hmm. from Joey. He's going to hit eight different receivers. We're going to see these tight ends get involved. We're going to see three different backs rip off great games. But at the end of the day, it's, it's been a frustrating shift to reality because apart from Southern Miss, we have not seen that in weeks and weeks and weeks and mm-hmm. weeks. That's where I hold hope that we're able to translate some of that stuff that we worked out through Southern Miss. Going into that Southern Miss game, I don't know specifics on names, but there was play calling changes made. You can kind of tell, I feel like all of us in the room could tell there was a little bit of something different. Nothing drastic, but there was a little bit different. So that's why it intrigues me to see what our game plan and our attack for the offense will be heading in against a good Marshall defense. Although, like we said, they're giving up 28 points a game, but they're they're, they're fourth in sacks in the Sun Belt. They're fourth in interceptions. This team, they're capitalizing on opportunities when they're given to them. Guys, we've gone in depth about a lot of these rosters, these matchups, who we like, why we like them. But this is the only part of the show that matters. Because we're going to give our final thoughts and give our predictions. As Ryan is staring me down, there's a there's one infamous word that will not be coming out of his mouth today. Oh man.
0: You know, and, David, all before the show in oh, no. all week oh, no. you've been talking about don't say boat race. Oh, We're not gonna do it. this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but
0: but I got I got good and bad news. I got good and bad news. There Uh-oh. will be a boat race happening tonight. Okay. Oh. But it's gonna be by Marshall. There is no way we are able to stop this Marshall running attack. I'm telling you, Rasheen Ali, I expect, I don't know what his over-under is sitting at for rushing yards, but I'm hammering <laughs> that over because he is going to run all over us. We want the boat race of the week. We're going to see it, but we're not going to be very happy about it because Marshall's going to boat race us. I have this score, Marshall, by three scores, 42-21. Shout out to the
1: boat race curse. I'm really hoping it works out this week. I know in Ryan's heart,
2: that's reverse psychology. It's got to be.
1: Yeah, just so you don't know, the boat race curse, we've been saying App State's going to boat race people. It doesn't happen. So maybe, I don't know. We'll see how it happens, but... I can't get on a microphone and not pick App State. Sure you can. I've, I've been saying it yeah. all week, though. <laughs> no, you can. T- you talked can. To, I've to, <laughs> I mean, I've talked, to Ryan. <laughs> I've talked to Ryan about this. I've talked to Lucas about this. I've talked to everyone about this this week. I think we can beat Marshall. Well, I, I, a couple weeks ago, I would have never said that because Marshall looked like one of the upper echelon teams of the Sun Belt, but they've fallen back to earth. I mean, Coastal whipped their hind ends. Mm-mm. We lost to Coastal on a last-second field goal. And I think Coastal is a lot better than we thought at the time. I think Marshall's a lot worse than we thought at the time. And I, I think it's going to be a shootout because I don't think we're going to be able to stop them worth anything. But I, I said it earlier. I have a lot of faith in this offense, and I think we can beat anybody with it. So App State thirty-four, Marshall twenty-seven. I
3: look at the historicals of this. App State leads Marshall's in Marshall's in terms in terms of the Old Mountain Feud. App State leads Marshall fifteen to ten. But Marshall won last year, but they had the home advantage. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Guys, I'm sorry. Just the way with the year has gone with this defense, I think Marshall comes out of this with the win. I'm sorry. I'm actually not that sorry. Because, like, I love the abs- I love this team. I love our players. But with the way these, like, well, they're not that good. They kind of, like, fell apart in the last few weeks. They come into the rock, and then every player is like, this is my time. The NFL scouts are here. I'm about to blow up. I think Marshall will come out of here with like a like 27-23 a win. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I think App State's going to get the defense somewhat back together, but Marshall's going to look at that and go, okay, bet.
2: So Noah's taking Marshall. I'm sorry. <laughs> Noah's taking, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to think in terms of, of, of betting here. Noah's taking the under and taking Marshall outright. Ryan, you're taking the over huh. and Marshall outright, mm-hmm. and then Hunter what was yours, 27 to 34? That's uh, got to be uh, right Ab- around the over-under. Yeah, I think State it's, 34, what, it's, it's, it's sitting at 55 right now, mm-hmm. 55 and a half, something like that? Mm-hmm. And then the the line right now is in favor of App State by three, but usually the home team, I forget if it's two or three, but they, they usually give the home team two or three points depending. Yep. So this is really a scratch line mm-hmm. in, in terms of... What Vegas is really telling us, this is this is a hard one for me to pick because I've been going back and forth on it. One side you of me, know,
0: is, you know what to pick. David. One
2: side of me is so hopefully optimistic. That heart is heart or head? You know what
3: we're wearing, we
2: know what That we're supposed heart to or pick. head, David. I'm hopefully optimistic that this team can come out and that we're able to put up in a shootout, that we're able to show up and show out and to get the first victory in a night game on a Saturday since 2014. This is the first night game in nine years. Mm-hmm at The Rock on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. We've had them on Wednesdays. We've had them on Tuesdays. Wow. But it's been nine years since we had a night game at The Rock Whoa. on a Saturday in front of national television on NFL Network back again after playing a close game against ODU a couple weeks ago on NFL Network. It's such it's such a tough one because I, I look at Marshall's rushing game, and I think that if Rasheen Ali is not 100%, that – this App State team has a chance, especially shutting down that run. It'll be interesting to watch Cam Fancher and how they're going to introduce what's – what's the second quarterback? Pen- Cole Pennington. Cole Pennington. I just didn't want to get it wrong. Cole Pennington yeah, is Cole. a lot heavier of a rusher. So we could see him come into the game for some triple options, some quarterback-designed runs, and then see Fancher in there for more of, kind, more of the passing offense, leading mm-hmm. that team down the field vertically. I'm stalling for time, guys, because I, I can't. I can't make up my mind. I can't. On, I can't David. make Come up my on, mind. David. You know the. You know the right
0: pick, David.
1: Go with your gut.
2: You go with got, your gut. You either got the Homer pick or you got the right pick. My gut is telling me that this game is. It, this is going to be. A, it's going to be a ridiculously close game. I think whoever wins the turnover battle wins this because these teams seem fairly evenly matched mm-hmm. right now. Whoever wins the turnover battle wins it. I'm going to go 40 to 37 App State. Let's go. I'm gonna go 40 to 37 half state. I'm gonna keep my hope up. Let's go. I'm gonna keep my hopes high. It's gonna happen. I'm gonna keep them up there because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> this team, this team has hit so many low points while we've all been here, but it is a chance to resurrect the season at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd said it a couple weeks ago after we had lost our first Sun Belt game. I don't care about us winning the Sun Belt right now. I don't care about us making it to a high level bowl game. I want to make it to mm-hmm. a bowl game mm-hmm. because even if we're 6 and 6, I go to that. This school and this team has had a reputation of making bowl games and winning bowl games. We haven't won a bowl game since what was it, 2019? Yep. I believe. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. And we didn't make one last year even though we went 6 and 6. We had two FCS teams on the schedule or on the Yeah, we had two F- FCS teams on the schedule which invalidated that 6 wins. I just want to see us go to a bowl game. It's been so long. I want to see this program at least be able to see some sort of a postseason. And I'm optimistic that this is going to be the one of two wins that we're going to need tonight. So we're split down the room. Two and two here. I like it. So that is going to do it for our App State versus Marshall coverage. Guys, any other final thoughts before we move on to our college football discussion? <sighs>
1: I've talked to a couple of the players over the last couple of weeks, and the consistent consistency that I've got from them is finishing mm-hmm. and I know that team has talked a lot about these past couple of weeks about finishing at one point I think the last four there was a four game stretch where it was all um came down to maybe thirteen points yeah and that's been a big thing for this team is just finishing and they know how the season
0: has went and I think they are really locked in on just finishing strong. And they know we every time these losses, we've been very disappointed by them, but they've been one possession game. Coastal, last second field goal. ODU drove down on us in the last minute and scored. Wyoming blocked field goal. We would talk about this game as going to a bowl if that didn't happen. Yeah, But I love <laughs> yeah, that yeah. point, Hunter. We have to finish. Is this going to be the game where we finally pull out the close one? I'm not sure. I'm not a believer just because they broke my heart over and over this year, but I hope they do. And while we have been disappointed, with how these games have went, they have been as well. Mm -hmm.
1: They all have been disappointed that they haven't been finishing these games, and I think that just motivates them to really finish this season strong.
2: And I think the statement of this team is built to play in any environment and to play in any type of game really rings home to what we've seen so far this season, because we've seen almost every single example of a a game that you could play. We've seen shootouts. We've seen dogfights. We've seen low-scoring affairs. We have seen Crazy back-and-forth games. Wyoming, it can be labeled in its own category and set aside because I don't even know how you categorize that. But every single game, it's gone down to the wire. That's what keeps my hopes high. It's not like we're getting blown out. It's not like we're getting boat raced. But
3: we're not boat racing others, and that's
2: the Mm -hmm. issue. Yeah, Yeah,
3: and I just want to add real quick, you know— As a senior, this is probably the last semester I'll get to, like, work football games, go to football games, talk about football games, all that sort of thing before I move, right? Um, We have it a lot better than a lot of other schools. I'm not saying that we're, like, the best. We're We're not Alabama. But there are games like this that make you sit back and go, you know what? At least we have a program. At least we have the ability to come to these games and watch them on Saturdays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So, I mean, if we don't make a bowl game, that sucks. But if we do, also good. But, honestly... It's kind of like what Hunter said. You know, the players feel it just as much as we do, where it's like every loss stings. So I can respect a team that respects what they're playing for, the town, the university. So no matter what happens today, you know, no matter what, how the rest of the season goes, always fun to watch these Mountaineers play. The penultimate home game. At The Rock, coming up in less than two and a half
2: hours. We've got about 25 more minutes of your time here. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our college football discussion and college football pick So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the 90.5 WASU Pregame Show.
5: Anna Bananas is a longtime supporter of WASUFN, App State's college radio station. Anna Bananas Fine Consignment Store buys, sells, trades, and serves Boone from 641 West King Street. You can follow Anna Bananas on Instagram and Facebook
4: multicultural center at Appalachian State encourages respect and appreciation of every diverse group and promotes the uniqueness of every culture. The center cultivates an inclusive environment where the basis of multicultural interaction is formed through respect, communication, and cooperation. To find out more, visit Room 112 in the Plemmons Student Union or email multicultural center at appstate.edu.
9: The Henderson Springs LGBT Center strives to create a space where everyone can feel safe. The center serves as a community resource to empower, educate, and affirm LGBTQ people, allies, and advocates. It is completely volunteer-run, and everyone is trained to assess the needs of individuals. To find out more, visit room 106 in the Plemons Student Union or email lgbt at
7: appstate.edu. Raysweather.com is based in Boone and forecasts the weather in the high country and from the North Carolina-Virginia state line to Waynesville, North Carolina. The mountains, the foothills, and the microclimates in between with specific websites for each area, including booneweather.com with radar and webcams of the area. Winter, spring, summer, fall, RaiseWeather.com.
6: Support for WASU programming is provided by the Eggers Law Firm on West King Street. The Eggers Law Firm provides legal services to those in need of assistance in northwestern North Carolina. Thank you for listening to your MTV College Radio Station of the Year, 90.5 WASU, and WASURadio.com.
10: This is Kanye Roberts, running back for the App State Mountaineers, and you're listening to 90.5 WASU, the Firm.
2: One of my favorite parts about getting to do some of these interviews is getting the exclusive back-ends with the athletes because it's always fun to see how their personality comes through Mm -hmm. with getting some of these recordings. We just finished up our preview of App State versus Marshall. We're split in the room. Two of us think Marshall's going to take it. Two of us think App State is going to take it tonight. But moving away from that, Let's go ahead and look at the general landscape
0: of college football. And, Ryan, you've got some scoreboard updates for us. Yeah, I'm looking at a lot of these games, and they are super exciting right now. The one I'm looking at the most, Texas-Kansas State, they're going to overtime 30-30 at the end of the fourth quarter. There, another one. We might have another upset on our hands. Number 10, Ole Miss, only up three on Texas A&M right now. And Texas A&M is on their 36. They just got a false start. That's going to hinder it just a little bit. 30 seconds left. In that one, we might have another upset. This might be the game of upsets or the week of upsets, excuse me, because that team I've been really excited to see. Maybe they might make the New Year six in Air Force. Air Force is down twenty to nothing to Army right now. Wow. And if we look at the games that have already finished, if you thought Clemson was dead, not quite yet. They knocked off Notre Dame today. Thirty one to twenty three. And uh, David, your team, Ohio State, had that bit of an upset scare early. Not the case. Gonna still be number one next the week. Thirty five to sixteen win over Rutgers. The rest of them are just starting off. Nothing much going there. Penn State, Maryland, Virginia Tech, Louisville. That could be an upset, don't quote me yet. But Virginia Tech still has a chance to make the ACC title game. But out of all those, we might have a ton of upsets on our hands. It's a very interesting week on the landscape of college football. Love to see some upsets all
2: around the board. So far this year, I feel like there haven't been too too many crazy lopsided upsets. It's just kind of been teams that you could see win are pulling off upsets, but nothing too remarkable or crazy. We'll see how the chaos unfolds. Hunter Boston will be board hopping tonight, and he will be keeping you updated with all your college football action while you're listening to 90.5 WASU's presentation of App State football as Ryan Hendricks and I will be on the call. Noah Cornelius will be on sideline bringing you all that action at 545. So make sure to tune in. We'll recap what we talked about during the pregame show, and then we will kick it off with Mountaineer football as they take on Marshall, but right now I want to go ahead and I want to talk about the college football playoff rankings. We didn't get a chance to do it on Thursday's edition of Sports Wrap, so I thought, what better time than now to go ahead and take a look, because there's been some controversy. Especially putting Ohio State at number one. It's got it's got Twitter <laughs> lit up for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to get your takes on how the first playoff rankings came out. Do you think Ohio State deserves number one?
0: I think if you look at just this season, of course, if you're going off the past couple seasons, Georgia hasn't lost in what feels like forever, you feel like they should be at one. But Georgia really didn't beat anybody. Their best one's probably Kentucky, who has fallen apart. After that game, maybe Auburn, you can argue that one as well. But Ohio State, that whenever over Penn State goes a very long way, even though I think Penn State's offense really let them down in that game. And, of course, that win versus Notre Dame helps Ohio State a lot, too. So I think you have to, and this is the way I like the rankings, I don't think, I don't think you have to look at legacy because I feel like you do that too much. I feel like you look at just what happened this season, mm-hmm. and by far Ohio State has the best resume. So I think they deserve to be at one. For me, going through all the teams, Ohio State, like you said, I think they
1: have the best resume out of these four. And they went Penn State, Notre Dame, those are some huge wins right there. Georgia, they might have one of the worst resumes out of these four, but they're Georgia, so they get one of the top spots they've got to. It's just the SEC, the teams they've played haven't been that good. And I can say the same thing about Michigan with mm-hmm. the Big Ten. They just. The resume no, isn't the best. Their, but their schedule, they've they played nobody. They really haven't and until the last game of the season, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And of course, they've had a bunch of other stuff going on with Michigan, but we don't have to get into that. But, but they've just been one of those big teams that I think that's why they're in the top four, and I think that's why they deserve it. And then Florida State, I am super excited to have this team in the top four. They beat Duke, Clemson. I know Clemson wasn't a ranked win, but Clemson is still Clemson, especially in the ACC. They also beat LSU to start the season – I really like how the committee ranked these teams so far. Part of me does think that Georgia should be number one just because of that pedigree. I'm a big, you know, you're the best until you're dethroned kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I personally think Georgia should be number one, but I'm not going to sit here and say I don't like Ohio State at one.
3: I don't like how I stand at one, just on how they played against Rutgers, but I do understand it. I mean, before it's Rutgers. I mean, it, I mean, what, Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, like, look, USC coming into the league. I saw all the memes, the league, into the conference. I saw all the memes where it was like USC fans staying up until 1 a.m. to watch them blow out Rutgers. But now you look at the game, and it's like Rutgers hanging tough with Ohio State, supposedly the number one football team in the in the United States right now. So I'm not really happy about that. Just another team that I'm looking at. though. It's going to be tough if Air Force loses today, because Air Force is going to be sad. Like It'll be real sad. Yeah, season. it's
2: going to be. Yeah, it, it is real sad. We yeah. support the troops here at WSU. You know, and you know, so you like know what's it's even sadder? Army. Just not Army. What's sadder is that if Air Force were to lose, JMU should have that next spot up for the mm, New Year's yeah. Six Bowl. But guess what? That's utterly ridiculous. That that The NCAA, if you don't know, has a rule where moving from FCS to FBS, you are not eligible to win your conference terrible. or to participate in a bowl game for Can the first be two years. You terrible. can't even
3: be ranked. Terrible. Well, terrible what, what's new about the NCAA? Just making terrible decisions. First, Tez Walker, this. I, I mean, hey, I'm going I'm to a, I'm a, I'm a hold my tongue back. Hold me back. Hold me back, Ryan. Hold me back. <laughs> but, yeah. But no no I I honestly I disagree with you about
2: about the Ohio State point because this team so far this year although all the wins haven't been pretty they've been definitive they've been able late into games to push teams down and to take control of a game it doesn't have to be blowouts it's not the Ohio State we're used to where when we saw CJ Stroud and Justin Fields completely annihilating defenses, it's a different brand of football. It is defense focused. Ohio State stopped three red zone attempts by Rutgers. Two of those, they had first and goal inside the five yard line. They held Rutgers to three field goals in the first half, almost, and I think every single red zone possession started inside the 15. That to me, I mean, they're going to give up big runs, mm-hmm. but they are the definition of a bend-don't-break defense. The offense, on the other end, Kyle McCord hasn't looked the greatest. We can all agree on that. But this offense is getting it done with injuries around the room in a manageable fashion to where this team is confidently winning games. That's why I like this team at number 1. It's a different brand of football that we're used to seeing, and Ohio State's kind of bringing almost an NFL-style play down to the top of the boards in college football.
1: Let's well, also not disrespect Rutgers. They're six and three. They're yes, going to make they a ball game. They've got John some pretty decent wins, especially for Rutgers. i I'm,
3: I'm just going to say, y'all. people <laughs> I saw Rutgers and I was
0: like, all right, they suck. No, they're not. Yeah, the name. Yeah, the name. <laughs>
3: I'll admit I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> the name brings them down. But yeah, this, yeah. this is a bit yeah. off topic. This is a bit off topic. But uh, you know how a And M was driving and they were down there. Yep. All, all they needed was a field goal to send to OT, right? Oh, yep. no. yeah, they missed that field goal. <laughs> oh no! Ole, Ole Miss one. and if you're wondering about if you're wondering about Texas, they were held to three in the first overtime. So Kansas State can win right now. Keep uh, you updated that? on that. That's that's intriguing. Down with a And M, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Jim- yeah, I'm, yeah
2: I'm I'm okay yeah. with that missed field goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not biased at all. I promise. Sorry. No no bias here.
0: Oh and, oh and and Kansas is on the goal line. All of a sudden, Kansas State, excuse me, Texas might not be back. Oh, Texas, ro-ro. it's going to oh, be down, right? It's going right. to be going to be a tough one. Shout
2: out to Lucas Warren. He was the only one in our pickums that took Kansas State. If they Woo-hoo! bring this upset, I mean, they Texas was up seventeen nothing at one point. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Kansas State doing it, getting it done with two two quarterbacks too. Oh yeah. So Will Howard and Avery Johnson. It's a cool. It's a cool combo to see always love seeing quarterbacks platoon, when it, especially when you can do it at a high level and when you can do it successfully.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So we're talking about some games that are going on. Let's go ahead and talk about some games that are getting ready to start. If they have not already, Don't nobody check the scoreboard except for Ryan. If you've seen these games, don't let us know what's going on. But we're going to go ahead and start. We've got some high-level matchups. We've got some Sunbelt matchups. But it's time for our college football pick We're going to start. With the heavy hitters, number 2, Georgia hosting number 12, Missouri. It's a game that has upset written all over it. How are we picking this one?
0: Um, I'm going to stick with my gut and what I picked on Thursday Sports Hub, if you listened in. I'm going to go with Georgia on this one. And it's not because I dislike Mizzou. I really do like this team this year. I think they've succeeded every expectation we had for them. But the thing with Georgia is you just can't give them bulletin board material, and that's what they did by putting them at number two. They're gonna feel disrespected. Not only is this game at home, I feel like even if they were at one, I'd probably take them to win anyway, but I think they're just gonna they're gonna come out fire they want to prove a point versus Missouri I'm gonna go with my gut too, but I can see it going very
1: wrong, but I like Missouri i led by Brady Cook and Eli Drinkwitz. They, they played Georgia really tough last year, almost beat Georgia last year. They just didn't finish the job. I think they could finish the job this year, but I could see this going very, very
3: wrong. Mizzou. Give me Mizzou. I, I don't know. I just got, you know, Hunter, you got that gut feeling? I got that gut feeling too. I'm also very hungry, which might be factoring into it. Give me Mizzou. I don't, I don't know. I like I like the Tigers more than I like some Bulldogs. That's just, that's all I'm going to say. Give me Mizzou. i got to stick with my pick for Thursday as well. I've got to go Missouri here. I hate that it's on the road. If
2: this game was at Mizzou, mm-hmm. I would feel yeah. 100% confident in taking this upset. But that's what makes it even more intriguing with the fact that it's on the road. you got to go into Georgia's house and take them down. That game just kicked off. Georgia received the opening kickoff. Mm-hmm. I like Mizzou's chances. This team has battled through a lot of adversity. When they played against Kansas State, a lot of people said, all right, this is going to be the game that Missouri gets uncovered. It's going to be the game that we see them start to falter. And then they win that game. Mm -hmm. They go on the road. They play a tough game against LSU. It's a game that is won by 10 points in LSU's favor. In reality, it's a three-point game. That touchdown at the end was just kind of sprinkled on after the fact. It was a very close game. I've loved what I've seen out of Missouri so far. Brady Cook, although he doesn't have the... Completion or was it? Um, he said a he set an SEC record for. Um, wasn't it no interception? He's he he was setting some kind of yeah, record.
0: Yeah. So the first couple of weeks he had not thrown an interception. I believe mean, it was. Uh, I think it was the first five, maybe six weeks he didn't yeah, throw a pick. Yeah. And he was looking real
2: good. Obviously, that's come to an end now. But mm-hmm. he still has that talent level. He's still producing at that high level. And Ryan, I know you've, you're you're intrigued and eager because something crazy just happened.
0: Okay, so I, I was really shocked, that I was trying. I was very tempted to turn on the game here on the mic, but Kansas was on the four Kansas State. See, I don't know why I keep saying Kansas. Kansas State was on the four yard line of Texas for four downs to oh. try to win the game. They go for it on fourth. They don't get it. The Longhorns have won the game. The Longhorns, wow. Texas, Texas,
2: is still alive in the playoff race. Texas holding down strong at the goal line. Devastating loss for Kansas State. you got to wonder. Take that field goal, you at least get an extra opportunity.
0: But I like the aggressiveness, but it didn't pay off for Kansas State. Yeah, and that, and that has to hurt if you're a Wildcats fan. You're right mm-hmm, there on mm-hmm. the road at Texas, too. You think you're about to get a marquee win over the Longhorns. That and, that's, and I agree with you, David. I'm a proponent of, I love going for it, especially if you're on the road. You're not really expected to win. Go for it, try to win, but you see what happens there, and you lose. Yeah, you win some, you lose some like that. That is a huge win for
1: Texas, because they're just trying to stay alive. That would have tanked them if they would have mm-hmm. lost.
2: And no Quinn Ewers in that game, either. Yep. Still yeah, were able to get it done. We'll head back to our college football rankings, or, excuse me, not rankings, but pick them. So, we went three Three Mizzou, one Georgia. That's (laughs) a little crazy. I'll take it. I'll I'll take take it. I'll take it. I like it. So Ryan is our only Georgia representative here. We'll be keeping you updated throughout that game when Hunter Boston is back here giving scoreboard updates on board operator during our App State versus Marshall game. Next game I want to look at, number 9 Oklahoma, heading on the road to play number 22 Oklahoma State. Noah, we'll start with you. Who you got?
3: (laughs) Switching it up. Okay, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State at home, right? Yep. Uh, the look. pokes and the Sooners. The pokes and the Sooners. Oh, the, yeah, the pokes. Uh, man, y'all not going to like me for this. I like Oklahoma State. That Oklahoma State-Oklahoma rivalry is so strong, man. And I, I always like an underdog. I feel like Oklahoma State could shock. But something tells me Oklahoma's going to come out with this game. But I want to believe that Oklahoma State will come out with it. So give me O S U. Give me that. orange. Give me. Um, are they porcupines or beavers? Because. Uh-huh. They're pokes, yeah, pokes, cowboys. Oh, sorry, I'm tripping. <laughs> Oregon State's again. Oregon State because they're both orange. Okay, I don't think yes,
2: they so. in the porcupine in college football. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that no should porcupine. be the Oklahoma State porcupines.
3: <laughs> that's, that's, okay, look, that's pretty sweet <laughs> still though. do give me Oklahoma State because I, I, I like I like a little underdog action here. So,
1: Boomer sooner Oklahoma. I know they felt short last week against Kansas, but I think they bounce back in a big way against Oklahoma State. Even though they're
0: at Oklahoma State, and um, the really sad thing. And this is why I kinda hate conference realignment, is that for the first time in over a hundred years, Bedlam will not be played annually. Sucks. And it's gonna sucks so much. And that's what and that's really what's gonna push it for me here. I think it's at Oklahoma State it means so much more to them. This is their last chance to knock off a team. They have really not beaten a lot in the all-time series. Oklahoma runs away over 50 more yeah. wins all time. On the back, Ollie Gordon, the only man in cultural football, rushing for over 1,000 yards right now. I think he's going to tear up the Sooners and the posts get that marquee win.
2: I'm, I'm riding that, Ryan. You got me wanting to run through a wall. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Because was good. Oklahoma State not only... Do they have a little bit more to play for here as Oklahoma is already one step out the door, heading out of the Big 12. But, man, this team has looked good the last couple of weeks. If you look at their resume, they started off a little bit shaky, but this is the definition of a team that's getting better every week. They're making the adjustments they need to make, and they're not faltering and falling back on themselves. I think Oklahoma State takes the win here. This game has already kicked off. They have only played... For just over four minutes, and it's already seven to seven. So that's 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 what you're going to see in Bedlam. Big Twelve it's, uh, Could be a barn burner. Big Twelve football, and uh, so far, I'm curious to see. Since we have the live stats, I want to see what's going on with our rushing. Ollie Gordon, three carries, 22 yards, and a touchdown already. There he is. That's the man. So all around the board, we got three pokes, one sooner.
0: Boomer, Boomer, Whoa. sooner.
2: So Hunter down there, our only Oklahoma representative. Let's do kick it to the Sun Belt. I, li- I always like picking some Sun Belt games because it-, it strikes a little closer to home. The Fun Belt. Exactly. The fun belt. the fun belt. Strikes a little closer to home. Personally, in my opinion, one of, if not the best, group of five conference out there right now with how well a lot of these teams are playing and how much talent there are. And at the top of it all is James Madison. Ranked in our hearts. Mm-hmm they will head on the road tonight to take on the 6 and 2 Georgia State Panthers that modified triple option it's going to be an interesting one. Hunter, I want your
1: thoughts first. James Madison is getting screwed left and right. They can't play in the Sun Belt Championship. They can't make a ballgame right now. They can't be ranked. I honestly don't know how the coaching staff keeps that team locked in because it's hard when you honestly don't have much to play for, but they are. Honestly, I pray for every team that has to play JMU this year at all, and that includes App State. So give me James
0: Madison. Yeah, Hunter, I'm go- I'm going with you here. James Madison, they're already playing great so far this year. And I love Georgia State a lot, too, and I think they are a very good team. But James Madison just playing for so much more right now. They feel so disrespected that yeah. they have just been clowned and thrown to the side by the NCAA over and over and over. They want to prove a point. They want to go undefeated, and I think they're well on the way to doing that. And I think last week showed a lot to me when you get ranked, because they were ranked at one point, eight people counted at that point, mm-hmm. and I think when you have the game, and it was a rivalry game, don't forget, James Madison and Old Dominion, they're rivals, and you come out, and we had that, I believe Lucas said the stat of where a Sun belt team usually gets ranked and then they lose. I remember App State did with Georgia Southern a long time ago, but James Madison was able to pull it out versus Old Dominion, and I think they're going to pull it out again over Georgia State.
3: Yeah, James Madison. I'm sorry. I was so like, man, these guys got it covered. It kind of zoned out there. James Madison, look, I talked about the NCAA, and I'll keep my bias of them reserved, but like, my, uh, whatever. Whatever, whatever. whatever. Look, James Madison is getting screwed left and right. Like Hunter said, they should be ranked, they should be feared, and they will boat race. Georgia State. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I, disagree. I disagree with all of you.
0: Huh? Why?
2: Frankly, I disagree with all of you.
3: Because, huh?
2: because while this Georgia huh? State team have had some tough losses recently, they lost to Troy 28-7. to They were completely shut down and locked down by that defense. They then picked up a big win against Marshall, went on the road and won at Louisiana, and then lost to the now first place in the East, Georgia Southern which crazy to say and think about with that lost 44 to 27. I think Georgia State's got a little bit more to play for here. You got to think that this team it's two sunbelt losses, but everybody's alive right now mm-hmm. in the east. It's it's crazy how things have shaped out cuz everybody's beating each other up. This Georgia State team, they have resilience. This personally has been one of my favorite teams to watch in all of college football this year. I have missed two Georgia State games because that's how much fun this team is to watch. That's how much fun this modified triple option, this crazy, chaotic, just inventive scheme that they're running. That's just how much fun it is to see. I mean, specifically Darren Granger, who was on Heisman boards for a little bit, their quarterback, he gets it done on the ground. He gets it done through the air. It's just, I can't, I can't give enough high praise to what I've seen from Georgia State. While they have faltered... This is the winner go home game for their season. Mm-hmm. They got to take on JMU, who, as you said, they're playing for everything, but at the same time, you can't win a conference championship. It is hard to stay focused and stay dialed. Obviously, you want that undefeated season. but Georgia State, I think they got a little fire in them. I like this game at home. It is seven to seven currently. James Madison scored on their opening drive. Georgia State responded immediately. Darren Granger. Two carries so far as their quarterback on the ground, 31 yards, and a touchdown. That game is knotted 7-7. Seven to seven. So, so far, we've had 3-1 splits on everything halfway through our pick We'll speed it up a little bit since it's 4 o'clock, exactly two hours Uh-oh. from kickoff. Uh-oh. Let's go ahead and take a look at one more matchup. It's Georgia Southern
0: at Texas State. Georgia Southern coming into this game at 6-2. and two. Texas State is 5-3. Yeah, I'm going with Georgia State in this one. And long gone are the days where that Georgia Southern team was very bad on offense because now they got Clay Hell and they sling that rock all over the place. Keep your eye on the man named Davis Bren, their quarterback, having a very good season statistically. I think Georgia Southern, I think they're going to win all the way up until App State give me Texas State I think they have one
1: of the best offenses in the conference I think they continue to roll against Georgia Southern honestly I'm kind of biased too because I want Georgia Southern to be dropping through the rankings so when we play them the last game of the season we can get that win and make a bowl
3: Texas State look you saw they played against us last year I don't know last year's team was not the same as this year's team but there's something about that Texas football culture that I love And you know me guys I look at the culture I look at everything surrounding the team besides the stats give me Texas State I like what Ryan said. I don't know if Georgia State's going to or Georgia
2: Southern, excuse me, is going to lose a game until they play App. They have looked really good this year. I think this is a tight contest. Mm-hmm. I think this this is within single digits of a difference. Georgia Southern's going to come out with a gritty, gruely win, but I think Texas State makes it interesting. Second to last game on our list. We're going to go back to the grand scheme of things in college football because USC has the chance to do something a little silly and a little funny tonight and knock off the number five team in the nation who is undefeated in Washington. Games playing at home for USC. Guys, who do we have in this top twenty-five matchup? Yeah, I
0: think I think they're going to do the funny, David. I feel like <laughs> I feel like USC is going to win this one. As much as that pains me, because I really want Washington to make the playoffs because I love watching them play. But these past few weeks, their defense has just fallen apart versus bad teams like Stanford. So I think USC, even though they're not really playing for much anymore, I think they're going to get this win here. K. The wins will have a big night, and the Trojans win.
1: I do not believe in USC's defense at all. I believe in their offense. I think Caleb Williams is the number one pick in the NFL draft, but Lincoln Riley just his defenses never come to play when it matters. And I've just got a little bit of bias against him. So give me Penix and the Huskies,
3: Washington. One time for Penix, five beats twenty. Penix beats Williams. Give me the Washington Huskies. This has been a great team to watch all season, and quite frankly, I want them to keep succeeding. And I think this would be the nail in the coffin for USC being ranked this season, which has been a crazy fall from grace. I'm not even saying it's necessarily deserved as much as it's just like, wow. Like, you just look at USC, you're like, Wow. I mean, they Ready? went from playoff contenders
2: to oh, yeah. out of the out of competition within three weeks. Mm-hmm.
1: It's the defense. I'm telling you, Lincoln yeah, Riley, a coach, defense. It's the offense are always. Grinch. I mean, the defense, the offenses are always amazing. You can go back to Oklahoma with like Baker and Kyler. The defenses are never where they need to be. That's my biggest gripe with them. Put the Utah defense with the USC offense,
2: and yes. you've got number one team. You've got the number one team <laughs> yes. in the nation. But fortunately for USC fans, it's not how it works. So it's a tough one to really kind of watch your season fall apart right in front of your eyes, but still a chance to get a little bit of revenge here. Personally, I have my faith in Michael Penix Jr. He hasn't steered me wrong so far this year, and although two weeks ago Washington had a real scare in Pac-12 at night, game that went on until I think like 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. our time, mm-hmm. against, was it Arizona State? Yes, yeah. yes. And they looked really bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Michael Penix couldn't find any type of completions. He looked off. The receivers looked off. But I think Washington, they come ready and they come prepared for this game. That one, the aforementioned almost lost to Arizona State. That was a little bit of a trap game. You kind of see it coming in. But I think that they are able to pull out a win, and they still solidify their spot right outside the top four. Last but not least, number 14, LSU. They head into Bryant-Denny to play number 8, Alabama, currently sitting at 7-1. Remember when Alabama was one and one and everyone was talking about this how this team was washed and mm-hmm. I think it was it was me or Lucas that said probably just, you just give just give it six, seven weeks when they still have one loss and they're sitting at seven and one, eight and one and everyone's talking about them getting mm-hmm. back to juggernaut form. This defense still is one of the best defenses we've ever seen in the Nick Saban era. The offense is week by week getting better, but LSU at the same time, after a tough loss early in the season, it took two, excuse me. They're starting to figure it out a little bit more. This offense is extremely potent. Six and two versus seven and one.
0: Who do we like? Roll Tide in this one. Alabama. They're, they're just, Andrew said they've just really improved from the start of the year, and it's not that I don't like LSU because I think Jaden Daniels is a very good quarterback, and their offense is great. It's really this. It's just like the USC situation. That defense is horrible, and I think they're not going to be able to handle Milrow's ability to create in the pocket with his legs. And Alabama rolls onto another one. I know last year LSU won this game and overtime was it not? Mm-hmm. Mason yeah. Taylor, yeah.
1: I can see this happening very much again this year. I'm going to go with LSU. I I just don't have much faith in who the Tide have under center. I know he's greatly, greatly improved since the start of the season, but I think in a shootout, I'm
3: going to take Jaden Daniels and LSU. I don't like Crimson. Crimson. (laughs) I don't like Alabama. I kind of like LSU more, but let's be real here, y'all. When you march into Alabama's whole stadium, I forgot the name of it. When you march into Alabama and you play them on all the all the road, that Alabama crowd's crazy. Look, it me be Alabama. I know they started 1-1 of the I remember being in the car with Cody, driving back from Bristol Motor Speedway after a NASCAR race that we covered, and we were like, man, Alabama's cooked. They were ranked out of the top ten for the first time since, like, 2007. And look at them. They're back number eight. I'm not saying they're a juggernaut again, but they will be LSU. It's not going to be easy. This is going to be a heavyweight-ranked matchup, and I'm excited to see it. But give me crimson tide. I'm going to be honest. I like Hunter's take here. I came into this thinking
2: I'm going to go Alabama. I've really I've been the I've been the Alabama adv- advocate as of recent since they lost that game. I've been the advocate for Alabama. But mm-hmm. LSU, they've just they've shown me something. Jalen Daniels really, if he's not already at the top of Heisman board, should be very close because he yeah. has had one heck of a year. And if this team was undefeated or even seven and one and still in playoff contention, he would be the talk of the town. I think he puts on a statement tonight against Alabama. When I'm looking at the skill positions on both sides of the ball, Alabama's defense is phenomenal. LSU's defense or offense is phenomenal. Well, little little little, uh, hot mic there, Hunter. No No idea what that was. I'm I'm scared
3: for the board operator.
2: No No idea what that was. Yeah, it's a good sign for our board operator for later. (laughs) But I just, I like the way that. LSU's offense matches up against this Alabama defense. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game, despite how high-powered those two sides of the ball are. But I like LSU here. I'm, I'm feeling it. It's in my gut, taking my gut response. But I think that's going to do it, everybody, for mm-hmm. our 90.5 WASU pregame show. We held you for seven minutes longer than we told you, so we apologize. But hopefully you enjoyed it. Every minute of it. We are just under two hours from kickoff. we got We got to get down to Kid Brewer. we got to get go. to Kid Brewer. The 26th food. meeting of App State and Marshall. Mm. Just Mount under food. two hours away. Make sure to tune in at 545 as Ryan Hendricks and I will be on the call. Hunter Boston is holding things back down in the studio. Noah Cornelius will be on the sideline. Thank, you so-, thank you so much for tuning in to the 90.5 WASU pregame show. And we'll see you in about an hour and 30 minutes.
1: For you, I bleed myself dry.